Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Christ is the way, yep. devil gon' win, nope. tryna make it to heaven, yep. get there by sin, nope. follow the commandments, yep. everybody got choices, I chose this walk so I keep on trying, everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us, everybody got choices, righteous life, devil don't like that, nah, everybody got choices, choose the right path to save your soul, never going back, no, 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 forward to the kingdom, yeah, Choose 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose
Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Shalom and good afternoon. Um, you have reached the ISBHPK Bible Talk Podcast. My name is Mashaba, one of the teachers with the ISBHPK, the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge with school locations in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, North Virginia, and Rochester, New York. Uh, Shalom and good afternoon. Uh, uh, welcome to, to, our, to, our, to our show. Um, uh, I guess we're uh, uh, just jumping into it. Uh, forgive the, the, the tardiness, if you will, or the late, the late start that I uh, had, had to start with this morning. Um, as you know, Passover coming up uh, uh, April 9th in in uh, in Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, gotta raise money, y'all. Um, gotta raise money uh, for travel and for for accommodations and for the, for for uh, a vow. Uh, if you would join me real quick and going to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter sixteen, as I put up here on my on my tablet, Deuteronomy, chapter sixteen, and yes, verse sixteen. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, and it reads, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. So there's three times that all the males, all males are required by law, required by the Most High to appear before him and those three times of the year would be the feast of unleavened bread which is uh the passover then the feast of weeks which the world knows as uh pentecost uh and then the feast of tabernacles um which we're doing during the fall harvest that the israelite men all israelite men males were required to appear before the most high and that we're not supposed to come before the most high empty that being the case, knowing that we're um, uh, definitely in Judges chapter 5, verse 11, that we're rehearsing the righteous acts, um, uh, want to get in that practice that says practice makes perfect, that we want to rehearse doing the right things, uh, doing the right things, getting into that practice as best we can while we're still here in captivity. So um, having to put in some work, y'all. Having to put in some work. Um, so right now the Brother Bonabad is, is – is, uh, as you know, he's still doing uh, the Amazon deliveries, uh, even here in San Antonio now, and he's helped me out. He's, uh, 
And it's really a help because with, with my eyes being the way they are, I still can't drive. I still can't drive at night. And I definitely cannot back up a, a, a big 26-foot box truck up straight to save my life. So he has me um, tagging along with, with himself or, or his son, Kyle Bond, um, uh, and trying to go ahead and uh, give me some, some, some work in with, uh, you know, with some of the other uh, employees that he's got going on with uh, his son, Shar, or, or my son, Abaja. And making deliveries, so I try to help raise some money um, for for myself, so I can help fulfill this law right here. And uh, again, I, I do want to give some thanks to the brother uh, Bob for that, because uh, to have me as a, as a shotgun writer is really not necessary. Um, it really he is not needed, uh, but it's a position that that, that he's throwing out there uh, that I might be able to ride shotgun and and. Help out with deliveries when really it's a one man job. Um, it, it's a one man job, but he has to be going along, and and um, I'm able to uh, from putting that in the type of work that I'm putting in, uh, make a little something. So I th- I thank the brother for his charity uh, when it comes to that um, at this present time. So the brother for that. So that's re- the reason why today's show is getting started a little bit late. We didn't get in this morning until. Uh, it was like eight o'clock. It was eight o'clock that we actually got in from our, our routes to, uh, this morning, and uh, just making the adjustment just, just just got me just exhausted. It's got it's got my mind going. So apologies for that, but the show must go on. The show must go on. So so with that being said, let me uh, uh, jump into this uh, uh, this class. As you know, hopefully you, you might know. That we're dealing with the, the the topic of biblical salvation. We're dealing with the topic of biblical salvation. What is biblical salvation? Um, as you, it's a four part series. It's, it's a four month long series that I've been going over for the past four months, dealing with just the topic of biblical salvation and the, the different um, sub. What's the word I would like to use here? The subcategories that entail and fit. Um, uh, in that whole overall topic um, that with modern teaching uh, through religion, modern teaching through uh, uh, philosophies or what have you, or just people's thoughts in, in general, there, there's a cons- there's a kind of a, a consensus that some people have the mindset that we're saved already. That as long as you believe uh, in Christ, uh, or Yahweh Shai, his Pale Hebrew uh, uh, name, that you're saved already. Um, either coming from, again, from a, a religious background, uh, with the belief that because once I've joined the church uh, or, or joined up with a religion, and I, I say I believe in Jesus Christ, that just from that alone, I'm already saved. Um, and and uh, a salutation that many people will use with, with one another um, being Christians, uh, professed Christians, professed believers, a uh, question that will be asked is, uh, so when were you saved? And they're referring to, uh, when did you get baptized? And that's, that's uh, a common question among, again, Christians, uh, modern-day Christians. And is it true that we're already saved will be w- one question. And then another question comes up in talking about salvation is can everybody be saved? 
Is that really the truth? Can everybody be saved? And again, still coming from a, a very deeply religious, a very deeply theological uh, perspective uh, of salvation, and the notion of, well, can everybody be saved? And one thing we never address is, okay, in dealing with salvation, being saved, being delivered, what does the Bible actually say about salvation, being saved, or delivered? Um, yesterday we, was, we, 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 we touched on this, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I did go back and, and check out some of the um, uh, some of the classroom yesterday, and yeah, a good portion did get cut out. Uh, and so we're going to recap just a touch, a little bit, as we continue on today. But one thing we, we, we researched and looked at yesterday, um, we know the scripture tells us this. It says, the study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rather than dividing the word of truth. Now, we've got the study. Um, we, that's, that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. We know from Psalm chapter 119, verse 104, it says that through thy precepts, um, I get understanding. Now, we've got to put God's precepts together if we want to really understand God, what God is talking about, the perspective that God is coming from when certain things are mentioned, certain things are said. We know from Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. I'm going through this kind of quick, but we know Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16, it says, to seek ye out of the book of the Lord and to read. Um, no one of these shall fail. Uh, one of her mate. For my mouth it has commanded that God commands for the Bible to be put together. If we have any questions, we have to seek out the book of the Lord. We have to be studying the book of the Lord and putting the precepts together. Like I said, do God, Psalms 119 verse 104, do thy precepts so we get understanding. When we come back to Isaiah chapter 28 verse 9 and 10, uh, it tells us that uh, the precepts are put together here a little, here a little, and there a little. Precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So we're going to go search out through the whole Bible from, from uh, uh, the Old Testament, the New Testament, including the Apocrypha. We're going to have to search, search out the book of the Lord, and we're going to have to read the, and read to really get an understanding. So if we, if we really want to understand salvation, you know, what it means to be delivered or to be saved, with that, un, that, that, that's what our purpose is. What what is God's perspective or understanding when the Bible or God talks about salvation? Now, with that, um, S-A-L-V-S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N, salvation. If you have uh, access to, to obviously, the, the web, the World Wide Web, the Internet, um, uh, which can be accessed at, at, you know, your fingertips or even, even with your voice to ask you the Siri or Google or whoever, you, you ask this question, um, how many times is salvation mentioned in the King James Bible? And when we talk about the King James Bible, we do refer to the King James Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, and also the Apocrypha which was an original part of the King James Bible that was removed um, in the late 1800s. But in 1611, when King James had protected the, the translators to translate, not in, to interpret, but to translate the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin scriptures that, uh, that, that we had, the Hebrew, Greek, the Hebrew and Greek scriptures that we had into English, um, that the Bible was, was a part of 
the original King James um, uh, Bible that we have, uh, as well as you know, the, the, Bish- the Bishop's Bible, uh, the Tyndale's Bible. They all have the Apocrypha in them. You know, the Apocrypha wasn't removed from the Bible until the, uh, uh, eight, the late 1800s. So with that in mind, I know I'm saying a lot. I'm going real fast. Cause I, I want to uh, go ahead and, like I said, uh, get into this topic and everything. When we do a Google search, or if you have a concordance um, on the Bible app that you might have on your phone, your, your desktop, your laptop, or what have you, when you look up the word salvation, the word salvation appears in the entire Bible 171 times, all right? The word salvation appears in the Bible a total of 171 uh, verses, okay? Over 177 uh, matches. In 171 verses, the word salvation is in the Bible. The reason I'm bringing, want to bring attention to this right here Contrary to to what modern uh, religion might teach, uh, emphatically, like like like, like um, damage to the death in in their, in their belief, you cannot just go to the New Testament, get two or three scriptures that talks about salvation, and really feel that you have a good comprehension of what God's idea of salvation is. If all you're going to do is use two or three scriptures, that would be like um, if somebody was to go through your, uh, go through your life, um, if you like had like a, a diary that you, and you documented your diary every single day of your life um, from the age of, of six years old when you first start uh, reading and writing, until whatever age you are of now, and they got a hold of your diary, that, and you, if you was writing your diary every single day, and then they just happen to find your diary, and they want to know about you. They want to understand you and your perspectives on any number of things, and they find your diary. And as they go, they, 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 they get two or three entries out of something you've been been documenting for any number of years, but they only get two or three entries of something that you had happened to jot down that might be going on that day or what have you. And then from those two or three entries that that they read from your diary, they would put an, an assessment, an unbalanced, unfair assessment of feeling that they now know who you are because of two or three entries that you might have wrote in your journal or your diary and now feel that they know who you are. As ridiculous as I hope that 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 does sound, uh, that 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 is no way to be able to measure somebody in the the fullness of of what's going on, that if they was only take two or three entries of of a journal that you had was being written out for decades, that now they can assess and know who you are from two or three entries. Not even taking into consideration the context of what, what you might be talking about at the time, not taking into consideration the totality of you writing down your thoughts over the period of time, but because they read two or three of your journal in- entries, 
they now know the complete you. And it's in that same mentality that a lot of people feel they know God. It's a lot, It's in that same, same type of mentality that they'll read two or three scriptures, but mainly from the New Testament. They might read two or three scriptures from the New Testament and in dealing with the topic of salvation. And from those two or three scriptures, only from the New Testament, have built religions, have built churches, have built denominations in the name of God and in the name of Jesus just based on two or three scriptures they might have read mainly just just from the New Testament and feel that they really have a personal, deep relationship that they know God and that God knows them. And that that is utter ridiculousness. That 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 is not practical. You know, uh, uh, leaning back on on the name of our school, um, uh, the Israelite School of Biblical History, and practical knowledge. That's not practical. That is nothing that that there's nothing practical about that. That I'm going to understand salvation, and all I have is two or three scriptures, mainly derived from the New Testament. To think I'm going to understand God's perspective on salvation? So we did this yesterday. I might go, go through the whole thing uh, today, but just on that alone, there's 171 verses, 171 different verses in the King James Bible that talks about salvation. When 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 tells us to study, to show yourself approved unto God, um, a workman who needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If I'm not going to go and gather these 171 different verses that refers to salvation, so I can get God's understanding and perspective about why he had these things written in his book called the Bible. So I understand what he's talking about when he talks about salvation. If I'm not going to put that type of work in, if I'm not going to put in that type of work or that type of study, then the work I'm doing has a much greater chance of being the wrong work, and my belief has a much greater chance of being the wrong belief, the wrong understanding, the wrong perspective of what God is talking about when God talks about salvation. Now, yesterday, um, we went and looked up um, salvation, uh, the word delivered, and the word saved. In the the entire Bible, and what we did was we even just did uh, the Old Testament, New Testament. We didn't even include the Apocrypha. In the Old Testament, New Testament, and the New Testament, the words salvation, delivered, and saved, appeared a total of 650 times. I'm sorry, 680 times. No, 650 times um, it appeared. If I just go by the New Testament, looking up the words saved, delivered, and salvation, It came out to like 150 
three times for all three of those words that appeared in just in the New Testament. That means I'm missing over 480 scriptures, if I did my math correctly, that would need to be put together and need to be compiled and then organized if I want to understand what God says and means and what the Bible says it means about salvation, being delivered, and being saved. If I'm lacking over 480 verses, of the 653 verses, the same a lottery uh, ticket that I went to to uh, 7-Eleven or, or or Walmart Murphy USA um, um, or whatever gas station you might go to a convenience store, and I, I picked the lottery ticket, and and now I'm expecting to hit the jackpot. I'm expecting to hit the jackpot, and 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 now. I'm, I'm, I'm in there? The, the odds of me being the, the, the lucky jackpot winner and not just somebody who just spent whatever amount of money on lottery tickets I just spent in vain, the odds of me being wrong are much greater if I'm still missing over 480 scriptures dealing with salvation, being delivered, and being saved that is found in the entirety of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Apocrypha. I'm really, I'm really taking a crapshoot. I'm really gambling with my soul. I'm really gambling with, with salvation, being delivered, or what it means to be saved, if I'm lacking that much information. Now, when we go to Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it does tell us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If I'm missing over 480 verses dealing with salvation, deliverance, being saved, yeah, I can see why God wrote that in the Bible, that his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We really don't know God. There's no way we can know God, and we're missing that much information. Hence, what's that, uh, Matthew? Let me, let me pull that up real quick also. Turn me loose. So now when Christ said this here, lo and behold, lo and behold, lo and behold. One second, y'all. Hello, 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 shalom, shalom, shalom. Yahweh by Shemel Shabrakatah. Shalom, sir. Yahweh by Shemel Shabrakatah. Brother, good morning. It's good to hear your voice, brother. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? What's happening? Um, I'm I'm doing good. I just I just got in from another uh, job fair, and uh, I saw that you had pushed uh, the 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 class today to uh, you know uh, an hour later, and uh, you know I just got back in so. Um, I'm here, um, ready to to get back to you know doing this work. Um, cool. It, it, again, it is good to hear your voice. It really is good to hear your voice, um, brother. Right now, um, I don't know if you were able to, to hear 
my my opening so far, but just in in in, in trying to give a little explanation um, to everybody who was tuning in and, and listening at Eric code six four six 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 eight two five six eight or www.blogtalkradio.com, um, that when we actually do a, a, a Google, or, or I, I did a Google search, or a, a, anybody who wants to have a concordance, if you look up the word salvation in the King James Bible, including the Apocrypha, there's over 170, 77 verses, 171 verses that deal with, that have the word salvation in those verses. If I'm going with like the modern idea of, of, of religion that mainly bases their teachings and their beliefs and their philosophies on the New Testament. Um, in the New Testament, I believe that there's only 73, no, or 56 verses in the New Testament dealing with the word salvation. If I'm not going to go ahead and, and research and put the work in, put the study in, for the 177 verses that God had has the word salvation written in his word, the odds of me being wrong about my estimation, about my understanding, about my uh, guesstimate, of what salvation is, the odds are I, 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 the odds are more more good than 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 bad. That I'm going to be completely wrong about understanding what salvation is. So yesterday uh, I was looking up. We looked up the word salvation, to be uh, delivered and saved. And in the King James Bible, for those three words, there's over. 650, I think it was 653 times the word salvation uh, or uh, delivered or saved appears. 653 verses dealing with just those three, um, those three words. If I'm only going to go by the New Testament and do the same search for those three words, it came out to like 153 times just in the New Testament. That meant that there's a, a I'm lacking now from the Old Testament, New Testament, and Apocrypha. I'm lacking over 480 verses in the Bible that God is talking about or has marked down the word either salvation, being delivered, or being saved. So the odds that I'm going to be wrong or the people I'm following are wrong in what they believe and what they say and what and and, and what they're applying. The odds are very great. I'm, I or whoever else is going to be very wrong because that the study and the work is not being put in to compile all these things. So the scripture that we're in right, right now, as you just called in, uh, can you please read for me uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29? Let me get it pulled up here. All right. All right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Man, the system is moving slow today. So uh, Matthew chapter 20, 22, and verse 29. 
Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29 reads, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. So the odds are that I'm wrong and will be wrong in my understanding and and what I believe salvation, what it means to be saved, delivered, what salvation is. If I don't know the scriptures, and again, just on those three words alone, there was over 650 verses dealing with salvation, saved, and being delivered. If I don't know these scriptures and, and know these verses and able to put them together in, in, in an organized manner to understand the, a better, get an understanding of God's totality of what he means about salvation, being saved, or being delivered, Christ is telling us right here. One more time, please, sir. I think my last brother Gabar, I'm going to let him call back in. I'm really hating this technology. I ain't going to lie. I'm really hating this technology, but this is what we got to work with. Uh, He's back. He's back with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. Yes, I'm here. I'm here, sir. I don't know what happened, but. But (laughs) I've been having these, these technical difficulties. Uh, with these phones and 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 these 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 devices, um, it's really been t- and turned up in recent recent um, episodes. So I'm I'm, right. I'm really not surprised right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably gonna, gonna call, so probably drop three more to, four more times. And <laughs> you th- you think it could be uh, dealing with some of the content of the class, maybe? You no, know. Because, because it happens. It happens more than just. On blog talk uh, with, with my phone. I, I I need to, I do need to purchase a new phone. I've, I've dropped this one one too many times, so I know there's there's all types of shorts and 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 and, and stuff in it. Uh, so it, it does keep happening. So it's not just a, a, a uh, when I'm on the air blog talk. It happens any t- random time will have you. So now I'm not, I'm not gonna say yeah that's 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 um it, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just might increase. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe, I'm, I'm maybe. Gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take a, a accountability, and I'm gonna acknowledge I've dropped my phone so many damn times, um, <laughs> and I have not put a phone cover on. Well, I took the phone cover off because it's too bulky in my pocket. So I'm I'm not, I'm not going I'm not going to uh, divert. And like, yeah, that uh, uh, there, there's there's some um, evil forces at work at hand and spiritual wickedness at hand. That's trying to prevent me from doing this. No, it's it's a, it's a incompetent, calculated <laughs> <laughs> error. <laughs> uh, 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 a clumsy, old ass, blind ass dude who's dropping, dropping his phone. <laughs> well, you know, we tried. You know, we it's it, it nothing like you know being a little crippled. You know, right? I right. You know, in the division, you know, we might accidentally hit the uh, the disconnect button, you know, from from time to time. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So, so as we're dealing with this thing about uh, again uh, dealing with salvation, uh, being delivered, or being saved, uh, Christ was telling us. If you could read that for me one more time, Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-nine. Con, 
Oh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29 reads, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. That we err, and the, the word error being the root word of the, of, of the word error. We keep making errors because we don't know the scriptures. And at this time, the only scriptures available when Christ made, made this statement um, would have been the Old Testament and the Apocrypha. Not even including the, the uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me slow down. When Christ made this statement, there was no New Testament. Of what we know today in modern times, in the year 2023, there was no New Testament. Matter of fact, when Christ made this statement, there damn sure wasn't no, no, no Quran when Christ made this statement. So he's saying that we do err in not knowing the scriptures and not knowing what? At this particular time when he sent, made this statement, not knowing the Old Testament, not knowing the Apocrypha, we were making enough mistakes. So now we're going to just come back now and, and deal with salvation from what we learned in the New Testament or from other, other so-called religious books, then when it comes to dealing with God's understanding and, uh, and God's statements about salvation, being saved, being delivered, we are going to err. We are going to be wrong. We are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because we don't know the Scriptures. And then we follow leaders, follow people who don't know the scriptures either. And they'll give us one or two precepts here, one or two scriptures here, and they'll run and we'll build huge congregations. We'll build huge churches. Hell, we'll build huge mosques. And you don't know, we don't know the scriptures. When it's dealing with God's understanding, the most high God's understanding of salvation, what it means to be delivered. Who is salvation for? Um, uh, well, who and when is uh, who and when is it? Will we be able to say I'm saved? So it's been a four month long series uh, that that we've been covering uh, here on, on the uh, ISBHK uh, Bible Talk podcast. Um, in the classes that, that me and, and the brother Barkawa has been helping me out with, that we've been exploring and really going into this um, this study, that we've really been going into this, this um, uh, and, and really want to get the understanding from God's perspective and not just man's perspective, or and not lacking because we haven't put the work in to really study and and, and compile and put the scriptures together, meditating on the scriptures to really get God's understanding and not just some fluff or to be a, a, a teacher or a, a, a leader that I'm just giving two or three scriptures and, and people are basing their whole beliefs, their whole works on just two or three scriptures, and we have not done an accurate study. We have not done an in-depth study. We have not studied. So this is the purpose of why, again, um, in dealing with this formal long series, and we're at the part of the series now um, where – let me pull this back up again. Um, 
and dealing again with, with biblical salvation, uh, the the reward of humility, uh, part three. And what we've covered in this past four months, salvation, biblical salvation, when God's talking about biblical salvation, it's only for the Israelites. All right, when we go and study the biblical history of salvation throughout the biblical history, um, salvation was always for the Israelites being saved or being delivered um, or receiving salvation after the Israelites have gone into captivity. The very first salvation that the world was made aware of and the Bible talks about was the Israelites uh, receiving salvation and coming out of their captivity under Pharaoh during the um, uh, Egyptian empire, during the Egyptian reign, being, being saved by the man named Moses. And many people have, have, have seen the Prince of Egypt, have seen Cecily the Mills, um, uh, the Ten Commandments, um, are familiar with Moses uh, the, um, and the Mosai dividing the Red Sea for the salvation of the Israelites. That's the first time we're, we're dealing with uh, salvation, that the nation of Israel being saved from the captivity they were in under the Egyptian empire. From that time that the Israelites were saved and that where we get the, the high holidays of, of Passover, we get the high holidays of first fruits, uh, the high holidays of, I'm sorry, of unleavened bread, uh, of first fruits, uh, and dealing with the Israelites being saved from the Egyptian captivity. After coming out of the Egyptian captivity, being saved, being redeemed, being delivered, and I didn't even look up the word redeemed yet. I mean, so not in yet, but being saved from that captivity, and then eventually, after the 40 years in the wilderness, coming into the promised land, the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their seed being the, the children of Israel, uh, taking, repossessing the promised land, the Israelites went into further captivities and oppressions while in the promised land because of the sins of, because of our sins, because of our breaking God's commandments, laws, statutes, and judgments. We've gone, we went into many captivities where we, the Israelites needed salvation again. And it was a process that, that we had to go through in order to be delivered, receive salvation, be saved during each of those captivities. We had to come together as a nation, confess our faults as a nation, knowing that we are the Hebrew Israelites, knowing we are the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, knowing that and confessing we have gone astray. We have been wrong. We have been doing wrong in, in our idolatry and the things that we found sentimental and the things we, we, we found precious are going by our own imaginations. We've sinned against God, and God put us in captivity. We would have to confess these things. Then we would have to um, uh, pray together as a nation and ask our God for forgiveness because it was our God who put us in captivity because of our sins. And then our God would send another Savior, deliverer, or judge like he did with Moses. And we can go read that history, and we can cover that in, in, in this series, uh, all through the book of Judges and, uh, and parts of the Apocrypha. 
We've been through we've been through all that. And we've been through the biblical history of getting into this cycle with the Lord God, the Creator, the Most High, of repeatedly uh, being saved. Uh, I'm sorry, going to capti- uh, sinning against God, going to captivity, um, then having to be saved. A vicious cycle, damn it, a malicious cycle on the part of the Israelites of of, of continuing to do this thing and taking advantage of God's mercy and taking advantage of God's uh, uh, long-suffering to where it got to the point where eventually our captivities, uh, our our sins, led the Israelites to be kicked out of the promised land, to be exiled, to be banished out of the promised land because of our sins. We led in captivity um, because of our sins. The first dispersion, the first removal took place uh, in 722 B.C. when the, after the nation of Israel was split into two kingdoms, when the northern, king, the northern kingdom that was called Israel, whose capital was Samaria, the Israelites, uh, the, we call it the nine and a half tribes or the ten tribes, were carried away into captivity under the Assyrians. And we, we note that as the Assyrian captivity, where God was now that fed up with this repeated uh, um, cycle of the Israelites sinning, praying to God, uh, and needing to be delivered. God finally kicked, out, kicked the northern kingdom out of the land, leaving the southern kingdom of Judah, um, whose capital was Jerusalem, in the land. And subsequently, after the Assyrian captivity, then the Babylonian captivity, then the Persian Mede captivity, then the Greek cat, uh, Greek captivity, and then the Roman captivity. In 70 AD, the southern kingdom of Judah, of the nation of Israel, was finally dispersed, exiled, and banished out of the promised land in 70 AD. Now, we've covered all this before, and it's just, it's just a recap. We're at a point now that it really required it has required the Israelites having to come to a place of humility as Israelites. And that's what leads us now to where we're in part three of dealing with biblical salvation, the reward of humility. That the Israelites, just like what happened with our forefathers, we're not going to be saved from this exile that we've been placed under from this banishment that we've been placed under, from this um, uh, dispersion that we've been placed under, until now at this time, we come back together as Israelites, not as a denomination, not as a religion, not as a political party or philosophy or idea, that we come together as Israelites, confess our sins in true humility, in true humbleness, take an acknowledgement and an account for what we have done and for what we have followed and that we confess that this whole time we've not been following God and God ain't been leading us. That we have walked contrary to God and God has been walking contrary to us. He turned his back on us. He hid his face from us. These are the levels of, of humility that is, is required 
for the nation of Israel to reach, in order now for the nation of Israel to be delivered by the last anointed, chosen Savior that God's going to send, being his son, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. So, again, we're now dealing with part three, um, and I'm asking Brother uh, Gabar Kawa, can we please go to, if you, uh, no, with your assistance, can we please go to Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 20 through 24. And what we're going to uh, see here is that Jesus Christ, when he came to walk to earth as Jesus Christ, uh, walking through the cities and the towns um, that remained of Israel before the final banishment outside of the promised land, um, that he did many, many wonderful works, many miracles were done in the promised land for the Jews that were still <coughs> in the promised land. And, well, let's, let's just read it now. Uh, we're going to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 20. Time. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20 reads, Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. So in dealing with the Israelites, the Jews, that he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. That Christ came, and again, from the, from the, the, the feeding of 5,000 one day, the fitting of excuse me, six thousand another day. All the people he healed of their leprosy. All the people he healed of, of, of being crippled, blind. Um, all the teaching that he did. That in all the things that he was doing, the Jews, our people, still would not repent. We still would not take low. We still would not humble ourselves. We still continue in our pride, our haughtiness, our arrogance, and not wanting and not changing and not feeling bad for what we have done to God and for who we follow, what we follow, how we've given ourselves and followed every last thought that came to our mind and in establishing our, our own self-righteousness. So Christ is, I don't want to use, I, 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 don't, I don't want to start cussing. Let's look up the word upbraid. Brother Gabar, do you have that? Um, it's taking a little bit, but it's, it's, it's coming up for me right now. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, the definition of upbraid is, uh, to criticize severely. Okay, so if we're going to keep this in, try to keep this in some context, it's telling us that then began he, talking about Jesus Christ or Yahweh Shai, to upbraid or to what? 
criticized severely the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. So this isn't quite on some, uh, again, the image that's being painted, that he was just walking around sniffing roses and, 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 and picking daisies and, and you know, skipping rocks across the lake, uh, whistling like, like um, the old Andy Griffin um, uh, um, uh, uh, TV uh, introduction show uh, where it's Andy Griffin and, and little Richie Cunningham uh, walking barefooted down some old country dirt road and and uh, chasing butterflies and 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 uh, ladybugs and it's just a Fish, great fishing day. <laughs> with the fishing poles and yeah, you know fishing pole <laughs> you know uh, uh, got got a little piece of 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 uh, weed that you're sucking on no he's uh, criticizing severely. Or um, also find fault with to and criticizing, criticizing severely. He was finding fault with severely the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, and there was no repentance. There was no feeling of sorrow for what we've done against. God. This is well, long, way before the crucifixion. Way before the crucifixion. What else you got, sir? Um, to reproach severely, scold, vehemently. To, that's... to scold vehemently. This is where we had to put some of these things together, get some understanding. Remember, this is a black man who is now very angry. You know, the the saying for a lot of people who, who, who might have heard this in your lifetime, especially when you were younger, wait until your father gets home. For a lot of people, that would run fear. Deeply, <laughs> a deep fear that <laughs> the wrath of this man is going, the scolding that he's going to issue out is going to be severe. It's going to be severe. This is what this black man named Jesus Christ is now doing to the Jews that were still in the land of Israel at this time after he started his ministry and was going around actually healing, helping, and teaching the Jews, our people, and we did not repent. Now, let's get into some of the words now. That that he actually was saying. Let's go uh, going back down to Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty one. God, <clears throat> Matthew chapter eleven and verse twenty one reads, "Woe unto thee, Chorazin, or Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, 
then they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So Christ is saying, again, go and do the biblical research, the, the, the biblical study. Christ's ministry for the three years, when he began at the age of 30, and we know that he was crucified at the age of 33, Christ never went outside the boundaries of the nation of Israel once he started his ministry. He was only teaching and going to the Jews, the Israelites, that were still in the land. Even Samaria, which had been uh, the capital of the northern kingdom of, 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 of Israel, that was still within the confines of the boundaries of the land that the Most High had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So in that, in the travels he did, he's now going off on these cities, and he's saying specifically to the city of uh, Chorazin, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, and unto Bethsaida. These were still cities of Israelites, of Jews, before we got kicked out of the land. And he's telling them that woe unto thee, Chorazin, and woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Zidon. Tyre and Zidon were two coastal cities that, that were inhabited by Canaanites, by heathens, by Gentiles. He's saying that if he would went and did the same thing, the same mighty works, in the cities of these heathen of today who would be modern-day Africans who are heathen, Gentiles, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. They wouldn't have got the healing. They wouldn't have got the, the, the teachings. They wouldn't have the miracles that were done in them and continued on about their merry way like there was nothing wrong. That the reason Christ healed me is that I can keep doing the same things I've been doing. To the heathen, and he's not off. He's not opening the door for the heathen. He said, "But if he had did the mighty works amongst the heathen, they would have repented." Reading on, sir, verse twenty-two. Con, but I say unto you. It shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Look here. And I'm not, it didn't say Christ went and did mighty works in Tyre and Sidon. He said they, they don't have a better chance than, than the, you, you Israelites because they, if, were, if had been given a chance, they would repent. And, for, and the people who repentance is for, the people who, who the door of mercy and grace is being opened to again are not repenting? If we're looking for salvation, we can forget about it. If we're looking to be delivered out of this captivity, we can forget about it. We continue in the statement that Christ dealt with us here at this time in the scriptures and in time that here we are now it's finally being revealed to us that we're the Israelites that we really are God's chosen people we really are the people of the book we are the, the, the we are the Israelites and you can have people like 
Louis Farrakhan, who will stand up boldly on Savior's Day and say, yes, we are Israelites. We are, we are the children of Israel. But still continue in the mad, the mad ridiculous teachings of Islam and uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad. We can we can come out now, find out, and see that we're the Israelites, but still continue in a very Christian, very American, very disrespectful mentality with God, and not feel sad, not feel remorse, not feel any uh, uh, contrition for what we've been doing to God that it took him not having to send his son, Yahweh Shai, to shed his blood for us, to give us yet another chance, and we still think it's about me, that we can still keep going by our own imaginations and that we have plans and bucket lists and goals that we're trying to accomplish here in the land of our captivity instead of actually feeling, feeling some type of remorse, guilt, a conscience that we've been going going wrong in the eyes of God, in following our own feelings, our own lust, our own cravings, our own ideas, and in trying to say that God has been with me, the hell God has been. If it weren't for God, I wouldn't have survived this. If it weren't for God, I wouldn't have been through this. Where is the God put me in this position because he's trying to correct me? Right. Where's, where's the acknowledgement? Where's the acknowledgement of the, of the Heavenly Father? That God has put us through these things because, like this Bible says, cause we're, and we're, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, God only chastises the ones he loves. So instead of taking into consideration that that's how God feels and God deals, we feel we have a right to hold on to anger, to bitterness, to, to, to pride, because our feelings have been hurt. Because we have led some very hard lives. And now we are owed something. And until God acknowledges, ain't that a trip? Until God acknowledges that I've been through things, I've been hurt. And don't tell me that when I was going through this, that it wasn't God who brought me out of it. Where's the acknowledgement that it was God that put us there in the first place? Because of our sins. Because of the sins of our forefathers, of, of, of our parents, grandparents, great grandparents, whoever it is you want that you've been looking up to and following. But we, like like spoiled kids, I'm gonna hold my breath until you acknowledge I've been hurt and been offended. I'm gonna be that little kid, that little brat kid. I'm gonna keep banging my head against the wall until I either get a concussion, get knocked out, or what have you, till you acknowledge that you told me no. God, you hurt my feelings. And now, God, you got to make it right. We're not going to, we don't, we don't acknowledge a damn thing 
And this this is the mentality where Christ is coming is, is coming with, as we're reading here in Matthew chapter eleven verse uh, uh, twenty one through twenty four. That heathen if had if were given if they were given a chance, and by no means are they given a chance. That if the mighty works have been done in the cities of the heathen, and all the mercy and all the grace and all the long suffering to continually give them a chance to make it right, they would take advantage of it, but not the Israelites, not the Jews. Reading on, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 23 reads, And thou, Capernaum, which, Capernaum, excuse me, and thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Good Lord. The, this, this reference to Capernaum, that has, which has been exalted unto heaven, and, and Christ made the comparison of, of Capernaum to Sodom, which we know was, was a place of, of many um, homosexuals, uh, the LGBTQ, ST, whatever, uh, 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 <laughs> community. Right. I'm reminded of the black Mecca here in America known as Atlanta. That in the same way that many people want to go to Atlanta, that Atlanta is where black people are doing well for themselves, that we, we're entrepreneurs, we're opening up businesses, we're uh, purchasing land, we, uh, 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 we're growing our own food, and we're, becoming, uh, we're being self-sustained within black business. And the, the dollar bill is circulating among blacks at a higher rate than anywhere else in the country. At, at, but at what, 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 at what cost? A, a city full of, beginning with the Preaknik, beginning with uh, the Doodle Brown, beginning with the Dirty South, beginning with the, the home of faggots, lesbians, Gender fluid freaks among our our people. God said, "For the mighty works that have been shown to our people, we have many camps teaching in Atlanta that we're the Israelites and stop the wickedness that we're doing. We turn back to God." We have many camps and prophets. They're teaching that the way the 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 the, the, the housewives of Atlanta, the uh, growing up hip hop in Atlanta, the uh, loving hip hop Atlanta, and, and whatever other crazy ass shows from from uh, 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 the rich preachers from. Uh, just everything going on, so-called black in Atlanta, 
that if God has sent the same type of, of prophets and messages and mighty works to Sodom, Sodom would have repented. Sodom would have remained until the day that Christ was speaking of at that time. But do our people really try and, and, and change? No, we fight harder to be a freak, a faggot, uh, uh, a child molester, or an entrepreneur. I'm going to become a mogul. I'm going to make my money. I'm going I'm to get my own land, and we're going to grow our own damn food. To hell with God and, 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 and feeling bad or guilty? Hell no. We, have, we, 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 we refuse to, to be corrected. We refuse to, to acknowledge our own wrongs and faults in the eyes of God. But God is saying that if he would have gave Sodom the same chances and opportunities at repentance like he keeps giving us, Sodom and Gomorrah would still remain until this day because they would have repented. They would have changed. That is a slap in the face. That is a slap in the face. Verse 24, please, sir. Con, but I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And we walk around with so much pride that we just know that we're talking about we're saved already? I'm saved? God is with me? But there has been no repentance? No. No. Now, we're going to read this same history. Now we'll go to the book of Luke. Now we're going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 10, and we'll start at verse 13. Luke, chapter 10, and we'll start at verse 13. Luke, chapter 10, and verse 13 reads, and if the house be worthy, Luke, let your chapter 10? Luke chapter ten. Luke chapter ten. Oh shit, that's mad. So like you. I'm sorry, sir. Chapter ten, verse thirteen. Okay, God. Luke chapter ten and and verse thirteen reads, "Woe unto thee, oh, Corazon." Right, it's all good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Corazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, or Saida, for if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. 
and thou Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. And for our people not wanting to acknowledge what we have done against God, going all the way back to the times of coming out of Egypt until now, we really think that we have been delivered or, or been saved to keep doing what comes right to our own minds, to, can, to continue just, I'm going to keep doing what feels right to me. I'm going to keep doing what, what, what is, and then that's when we start talking in the third person that uh, I'm going to do what's right for Shabbat because Shabbat don't play that. To try to give an example of how we, 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 we really get in, we really get very hard-headed and very stubborn and based on our feelings of what we feel is right, wrong, fair, just, or unjust. And we, we are so hard-headed about the way we feel, we refuse to feel any type of, of, of remorse for what the nation has done. The nation is with the chosen people of God, what we've done against God. And I'm going to talk about I feel bad because, oh, I ate my lunch. I didn't pray over it. That is so, so petty. That is very petty. Not considering how many times has God delivered the nation of Israel from captivity because of our sins, and how many times did we promise to God, we're going, I'm going to do right, we're going to do right, we're not going to go off again, and what the hell did the Israelites continue to do? And God is still giving us another chance. He still gives us another chance. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to shed his blood and to die for us to give the nation of Israel another chance at feeling some type of guilt. And to acknowledge our sins, our lust. We have not been following the Creator. We've been following every damn thing that's, that feels good or looks good to us, just like we read in Genesis, the third chapter. What got Adam and Eve to stop following God? The fruit that was offered to them seemed like it was wisdom. It seemed like it was a better way than what God had already given them in setting them up in paradise, giving them the dominion over the, over the whole entire earth, that there was yet a greater wisdom than what God offers based on how we look at it, based on whatever crazy-ass notion comes to our mind. A refusal 
to submit to God and 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 all the energy that we can muster to try and make God see things our way. If we're not going to reach these levels of, of, of humility, of humbleness, the nation of Israel, if not for the promise of the Lord God of heaven and earth that he made with his friend Abraham, that he would save, gotten down to a remnant of the Israelites, And it's going to bring them out of captivity and bring them back home. We could have, it, we should have been dropped into the lowest part of the ocean and forgotten about. From there, I'm, uh, I, I got this part now. Uh, I'm going to the John Gill commentary uh, on Luke chapter ten verse thirteen. I'm going to the John Gill commentary for Luke chapter ten verse thirteen and. For those that might be following along, uh, uh, you can uh, please feel free to hit pause if you um, listen to the archive, uh, show whatever, and you can go look this up yourself, uh, especially with access to Google, um, Chrome, uh, whatever web browser you might have. You can go look the same thing up yourself. I'm, I'm, I, the John Gill commentary on Luke chapter 10, verse 13, and it, sa- it says, more to the uh, – uh, Chorazin, Chorazin, whatever. It says, see Gil on Matthew chapter 11, verse 21. So I'm not going to deal with that. Uh, but the, deal with the commentary when it says, and woe unto thee, Bethsaida. Now, this is the commentary of what, uh, from, from this, this scholar, um, John Gill. Bethsaida, a city of Galilee, a fishing town from whence it has its name, and was the native place of those two fishermen Peter and Andrew. So Bethsaida is where the apostle Peter and his brother, the apostle Andrew, this is where they were from, right? So it's a town of Jews. Reading on. Very likely uh, uh, Chorazin, Chorazin was near it. So Chorazin and Bethsaida were, were, were most likely close to each other. Um since they are here and in Matthew mentioned together and woe is pronounced upon them both for their impenitence and unbelief, which were attended with aggravating circumstances. That here now Christ is actually, a lot of people have this, this notion that we think that when we actually seek Jesus Christ, or Yahweh Shai, that there's going to be some change that happens in us, and because now I see him, I'm going to uh, appreciate, and I'm going to do right, and I'm going to get right once he gets here. Brothers and sisters, you, this, this is where we can see there's been a lack of studying and a lack of reading. Guess what Christ was doing in the cities of the Israelites when he came the first time? Miracles. Teaching, open up the Bible and preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
and the Jews, our people, the Israelites, the majority of us still didn't believe. We still would not submit. We still would not feel bad about what we do. We refuse, I refuse to let anybody break me and make me feel bad for my decisions. And we get bold with it. Yeah, I did it. You're GD right, I did it. And I'll do it again. Because this is how I feel. And if I got to stand in, in judgment before God, then I'll just go ahead and stand uh, in judgment before God. And, yes, I will admit, yes, I, 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 I did it. And I don't feel bad about it. I'll do it again. For what I've been through in my life and what I've, what, 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 what I've got going on, ain't nothing good ever come in my life. So, yeah, I've taken matters in my own hands. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm following my own will, my own thoughts, my own mind. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. We take, we, we, we keep this mentality and we, we're thinking we're going to be saved? <clears throat> we're thinking we're going to be delivered? And again, I'm not talking about the individual. I'm talking about the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Thank God in his mercy, he's only looking for 144,000 that have reached this point so he can save one-third of us. Reading on with the commentary. It says, For if the mighty works have been done in Tyre and Zidon, which have been done in you. Now that's what the scripture says in Luke chapter 10, verse 13. Now I'm going to read on with the commentary. It says, meaning both the ministry of the word by Christ, which was with power and authority, and the miracles of Christ, which were the works of almighty power, and show him to be the mighty God. These were not done in Tyre and Zidon, cities in Phoenicia. For though our Lord was on the borders of those places, yet not in them, they being Gentile cities to which he was not sent. Y'all hear what this, this, this historian, this scholar is saying? Jesus Christ was not sent to Tyre and Zidon. He was sent to the Jews, our people. That's some Malcolm Snearfum. That's some Jerry uh, uh, Seinfeld or Springer. Our people, Israelites. Blacks, us, Native Americans, so-called man, he was sent to us. Reading on the commentary. They being Gentile cities to which he was not sent and in which he did not preach nor do miracles. But he did both in, but he did both and Bethsaida, and Chorazin, and they repented not of their sins. Nor did they embrace his doctrine, though confirmed 
by miracles. Whereas, in all likelihood, humanly speaking, had the inhabitants of Tyre and Zidon had the like advantages. Reading on the description now. They had a great while ago repented. That's what the scripture says. They had a great while ago repented. Now I'm going to read on with the commentary on just that part right there. They would have repented immediately. It would have been soon visible in them of which they would have given proof by continuing on with the scripture, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. That had they been given the same opportunity, they would have gave proof of, of how they repented and felt bad, they would have sat in sackcloth and ashes. They wouldn't have tried to be and exalt themselves to make sure they look the best, they wearing the best, they move into the biggest cities, the biggest houses, the biggest extravagance, because they are the HNICs. Like what the Israelites, what the Jews, what we do, the heathen would have humbled themselves. Not demanding, I have to have the best. I have to have name brand because of who I am and because of what I have been through. We we sit here demanding reparations. Again, not acknowledging God put us in this captivity because of our sins. But now we feel we have the right to demand and protest for reparations for what the suffering and and, and uh, the things that we went through. Hello. Let's go ahead and, 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 and also acknowledge God brought us here because of our sins in the first place. But now we're owed something? Reading on with the, with the commentary. Reading on now with the commentary on, on that last part of saying, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, it says, which was an our token of repentance used by penitent sinners, as by the Ninevites and others. The same things are said at another time and on another occasion. And it says, see here, Matthew chapter 11, verse 21 through, 22, or through 24, which we already read. All right? Now, he mentioned in his commentary about Nineveh. So let's go there. Let's go to the book of Jonah. Chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read this whole chapter. Fine. Let's go to the book of Jonah, chapter 3 and verse 1. The book of Jonah, chapter 3, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> and it reads, And the word of the Most High, or the Lord, came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. Now, everybody's familiar with and heard, heard about Jonah being swallowed by the whale. 
um, or about a huge fish, and and that Jonah would not repent, didn't repent of disobeying God's word. Um, he did not repent, and that's why the whale swallowed him up, and he was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights until he finally repented. Uh, the the whale, the fish vomited him up, and then he was sent back to Nineveh to do God's will. Now, we're familiar with that, and now, now Jonah is now going back to Nineveh to now do God's will. Brothers and sisters, um, I got to find the scripture. I got to find the scripture. Um, Do you know what that scripture is at? It says, only an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 29. Damn, we were just there. Luke chapter 11, verse 29. <laughs> God. Uh, keep, keep a bookmark in Jonah. We're coming right back to Jonah. Actually, he's in Luke chapter 10. But, uh, Luke chapter. Keep a bookmark in Jonah chapter, Jonah chapter 3. But mm-hmm. now we're going to go to Luke chapter 11, start verse 29. God. Luke chapter 11 and verse 29 reads, <clears throat> And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. Okay. It says that the people were gathered how? Thick. Thick. There were crowds upon crowds of Israelites gathered thick and listening to Christ at this time. And Christ said, this is an evil generation, semicolon. Now he's going to explain why he says that this is an evil generation. They seek a sign. Now, we're going to let um, Luke go, and let's go to Matthew 12, 39. I, like to, I, I want to put these wordings together. It's all the same story, all right? Uh, Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew Chapter, chapter 11 and chapter 12, verse 38. Con. Luke, uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38 reads, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But now, if we don't, if we don't put, these, two, the, put these, these, these precepts together, put these, put these, these, these uh, eyewitness accounts together, we would think that it was just the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, maybe three or four people came to Christ and we said we would see a sign. But when we put this together with, with Luke's eyewitness account of, of, of what happened, how many scribes and Pharisees and people were actually there? It was thick. Now, me and my mind, and, you know, I, I, uh, I'm thinking about how many – how many people, if Michael Jackson was still alive 
and was going to give a free concert, how many people would be at that damn free concert trying to get in? <laughs> be a guy that was sick. <laughs> you know, I mean, just from, he was like known all over the world. So, yes. <laughs> and him being an entertainer, to be able to hear him sing and see him dance, the the crowds would be thick to see Michael Jackson. So how much more would it would these crowds be thick now to see Christ perform some type of sign or miracle? That this is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees are confronting Christ with. Uh, please read again, Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. On. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. That you you got to show some Prove that you are who you say you are. Regardless of all the works he's already done, regardless of all the teaching that's been done, in our arrogance, now remember, the scribes and Pharisees are Israelites. Jews. In our arrogance, we're like, that's not enough. And everything that you reveal in the scriptures, the teachings, and and the healings that you've already done, that's not enough. Prove to me here and now that you really are the Christ. Prove to us right here and right now that God is really with you. You fed 5,000 people this time, so what? 6,000 people were here at one time, so what? You've healed the sick, you've raised the dead, you've cast out lepers, so what? We are here now in your face. Show us the sign and prove to us you are the Christ right here, right now. Give us what we want. And verses, I'm going here because this is the same mentality that many of us and waking up into this truth of the Israelites that we keep looking for. Give me a sign. Hell, wasn't that one of DMX's songs? Lord, yeah. give me a sign? <laughs> Con. Forget the prophecies that have already been fulfilled. Forget matching the prophecies in world history with the prophecies described in detail in the Bible and how they match to the teeth. Forget all that. Forget the miracle that our enemies have tried to hide our identity, that we're the Israelites, with the most intricate of plans that have still been foiled. Forget all that. Forget that we're still here because of our sins, because we have continually throughout time gone against God. And he's continually giving us chance after chance after chance. Forget all that. Give me a sign. Make sure my bills get paid. Make sure I got a brand new car. Make sure that, that when I walk to the mall, I should be able to just go into a store and buy whatever I want when I want and just be comfortable. Prove to me right here, right now, that, God, you're there. That Christ, you're real. 
This is the same mentality. And remember, the scripture tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. That's Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 6 and verse 10. We're not going to go there right now. That there is nothing new under the sun, and that God requires that which is past, and the thing, uh, the thing that he requires, that thing is men. That the actions and behaviors of men keeps getting repeated, especially amongst the Israelites, amongst who's supposed to be the cho- who are the chosen of God. So here, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and uh, thick crowds are surrounding Christ. Prove to us right here, right now, that you are that you are the one. Let's see what Christ says. Con. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 39 reads, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. He says, it's For all that's already been done, y'all evil. Y'all, y'all, y'all have been going against God and trying to be friends of this world from the time that God brought us out of Egypt. That evil and for all the all the 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 the, the miracle, how God this was was brought the plagues upon ancient Egypt, walked the Israelites through the Red Sea, fed them fed them manna from heaven, and we still found a, a complaint that the manna from heaven wasn't enough. We need some meat. Got it. Now we're thirsty. Uh, you boys are here to die. We're, we're, oh, my God. We're going to die. Got you. Water out of a rock. Water out of nowhere. You didn't even, water out of nowhere that no other God could ever do. This is what I've done for you, and it's still not enough. It's still not enough. You saw the Egyptian army coming to pursue you and kill you. You saw them swallowed up in the Red Sea. But all their chariots, all their armor, all their weapons, you've seen that. You've seen dead Egyptian soldiers floating, horses floating. You've seen this. You walk through the Red Sea on dry ground. You've seen this, but it's not enough. And now I'm supposed to be this jack-in-the-box, this genie in the bottle, and, and I'm supposed to just, just do for you so that now you can say, now you're going to believe? This is what Christ says, an evil, you are an evil and adulterous generation. If we're going to put the word adulterous in modern-day layman's terms, modern-day English, we know God says adultery is when a man sleeps with another man's wife. Most likely, this wife would be a mother. So when a man sleeps with another man's wife or mother, that would make him a mother fornicator. I'm trying to right now keep it PG. 
And again, this is coming from the Messiah, the Son of God, a man whose skin was so dark, it looked like he was burnt in an oven, like he was brass burnt in an oven, very, very dark. And as looking at these crowds of people and calling them all adulterers, but if we're going to put this in modern-day terminology, a synonym would be a mother fornicator. Just think of every Samuel Jackson movie he's ever done. (laughs) This is the sentiment that the Son of God, the Messiah, this is the sentiment that he is expressing at this time in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 39. Let's read again. And there's a re- we're going to link this with what's going on with Jonah. Uh, re- please read again, verse 39. Todd. Um, but he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to, to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Now, Notice, brothers and sisters, those I might be reading wrong, reading along, there's a there's a colon at the end of that Jonas right there. If you're reading from the King James uh, King James Bible, there's a colon there. Now, as we're reading in Jonah, many people only think about, and because Christ is going to mention it, about Jonah being in the belly of the well for three days and three nights, and we like to always just link that to Christ being in the earth for three days and three nights. But there's a part, remember, we do error not knowing the scriptures. What about the part where Jonah is preaching repentance to the city of Nineveh? Which at this time, for for Jonah, was a heathen city. But there were many Israelites in Nineveh. Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. So this is this is this is during the Assyrian captivity, the Assyrian occupation. When Jonah, the history of Jonah, actually happened, and that why God was 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 had to chastise Jonah for not going to go preach repentance in Nineveh. Because that was going to be a sign also given to the Israelites. That Jonah went and preached to uh, the heathen city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, and what did the people of Nineveh do? They repented. After all the mighty works Christ did already did, for the Israelites during the time of his ministry. 
did the Israelites, did the Jews, did our people repent? The majority of us? No. Let's go back to Jonah. Let's go back to Jonah chapter uh, chapter 3, and we were in verse 3. Let's read verse 3 again. <clears throat> Jonah chapter 3 and verse 3 reads, So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the, of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed they believed they believed God and proclaimed it and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Uh, it just took Jonah coming in and saying, uh, imagine, th- 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 how big Nineveh is that it takes three days to walk across this city? It takes three days to walk across Nineveh? So how many people you think was in this city that it would take three days to walk across Nineveh? And here this man comes walking in and just starts screaming, in 40 days, this city's going to be destroyed. Did, did anybody like this, uh, this dude's cuckoo? He's a bum? Who the hell is he? And keep on right about their business like, 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 that was fair to happen? No. They've seen this stranger. Just pronouncing the Lord is going to destroy this place in 40 days. And what did the people of this city do from the greatest of them to the least of them? Verse 5 again, sir. Con. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. To put on sackcloth and ashes was to, to uh, the was an ultimate form of showing as much humility as possible. It was to be as 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 to be as as much discomfort as possible. That it went about wearing. I got to make make sure I'm being seen in my designer jeans or dresses, my name brand um, uh, uh, boots and, 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 and sneakers and, and big face watches and jewelry so people might know and respect who the heck I am, that I'm too good to kneel or submit because I might get my clothes dirty. From the greatest of them unto the least of them. In this city of Nineveh, this is what the whole entire city did. 
and fasted. It wasn't about them. I got, you know, I've got my own special diet that I got to keep going because of I'm, I'm a foodie. And I only eat at the best of places because of how delicate my stomach is. This one prophet came into this city, announced what was going to happen, and the whole city got some act right. These are heathens. And all this was done to give the Israelites, not to save the heathen, but to give the Israelites that when Christ said, these mighty works that that were done in thee were done in other cities, they were repented. This was only done to prove how hard-headed Israelites are. This was not to give the Ninevites salvation to the kingdom of heaven. That, that, hell no. To show how evil and how adulterous the Israelites are, how we are. Please pick up a verse 6, sir. Yes, sir. For word came unto... We're going to finish this chapter, and that's going to be it. Con. Uh, Jonah chapter 3, uh, starting back at um, verse 6, reads, For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, lest them not feed nor drink water. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto the Most High. Yeah, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if the Most High will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And the Most High saw their works that they turned from their evil way and the Most High repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Again, I I I I look at these things, I read these things, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm speechless. And I'm not pointing the finger uh, uh, at but libel modern modern religion, which I teach. Right? Yeah, see how evil the Jews are. That's why God rejected them and accepted the heathen. It, hell no. We're going over these things so we can get we're going over these things, reviewing these things so we can understand it. That the nation of Israel, just how stiff necked and hard hearted and rebellious we are and how we actually refuse to submit to God's righteousness. And we fight tirelessly to establish our own individual righteousness because we demand of God to give us signs. 
God. And from sayings that we might say, like, God, if, if, if you're with me, uh, let me win the lottery. God, if you're with me, give me this woman. God, if you're with me, give me this man. God, if you're with me, give me this house. God, if you're with me, uh, uh, fix my credit. God, if you're really with me, um, uh, just do for me. We don't confess. We'll, do the, we'll, we'll say the Lord's Prayer. And for some of us, we even know that the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew. But where are we ever confessing about the wrong that we do? Where are we acknowledging that we have been wrong and done wrong? And the only reason that we're in a lot of the situations that we're in is because we've been transgressed against God. We've been done wrong against God. And this is God paying us back for what we've done. Where do we ever come and acknowledge these things? As much as we keep pointing fingers out, everybody else keeps offending and doing us wrong. I know, brothers, and I, I'm guilty of it myself. I'll go and send up, try and send up curses on people in Hebrew that have offended me. I'm, I'm standing with as much uh, energy and emotion as I can muster. Because of how offended and mad and upset and bitter I am that I'm being offended. But I have not put an ounce of energy into confessing and acknowledging I'm wrong, been wrong. And the only reason, I'm again, we are in the situations we're in, we have gone against God. And that God has already given us many chances to get this right, and we refuse to acknowledge. We're still looking for the signs. Like an evil and adulterous generation like an evil and adulterous people. One last scripture. Uh, in dealing with that adultery, right, how Christ said only that we are an evil and adulterous generation. Uh, that scripture in Proverbs, she wipes her mouth. Oh, con, con. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20. Proverbs uh, chapter 30, and verse 20 reads, Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. And if this isn't describing, I'm not just talking about this just for women. Christ called the Israelites an evil and adulterous generation. So, again, as we put these precepts together, what's an example of somebody who's adulterous? I'm going to do what I'm doing. I'm, go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it and, and, and bring it down. Con, such, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. So, basically, 
once again, we're not we're not singling out women because the Heavenly Father in in in, in the scriptures also uh, um, refers to the nation of Israel as an adulterous woman. I believe it's Jeremiah three and fifteen, but um, such as an adulterous woman or an adulterous nation, as 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 Christ said in in the uh, the scriptures that we were uh, going over. Um, this is the characteristic of what an adulterous woman or an adulterous generation or an adulterous nation, which Israel is, does. We 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 refuse to acknowledge and repent for our sins and for the things that we have done against the Heavenly Father because um, we are so busy claiming to be the victim and asking the Heavenly Father why we have we haven't done anything, which is the bottom of this scripture where it says and says, I have done no wickedness. Why are you doing this to us? Why are we going through this? We haven't done anything. Don't you love us? Don't you why why do we have to go through this? We have we haven't done anything. Um I mean that gets as, as, as basic as, as I can do, but um, to me that's perfect. To me that's perfect, and we're gonna go end it with that right there. Um, I find myself having having to put up this put up this disclaimer. Which I guess I should proceed it with uh, Galatians chapter four verse sixteen. Can you read that for me real quick? Galatians chapter 4 and verse 16 reads, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? These classes are not meant, are coming from just me trying to offend people, of me just trying to, to, to point out I'm more righteous, I'm more holy, I'm more perfect. I'm more better. I'm more on a level than anybody within the nation of Israel. The, the scripture tells us that if one suffer, we all suffer. The scripture tells us that that again, Christ is dealing with the God is dealing with the nations, including the nation of Israel. That this is not me grandstanding. And by trying to point out how right I am, how good I am, how 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 I've already I'm already saved. I'm already, I'm already uh, 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 reached a status or reached a level that the rest of y'all niggas ain't, and that y'all need to catch up with me. No, that's not the purpose of of, of any of my classes. That's not the purpose of any of of, of the, the teaching that that's being put put forth. But we had to come to a realization again. Christ's first message when he first started preaching was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, his whole mission in baptizing Israel at the River Jordan was repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Moses was telling the Israelites from the time he came out of Egypt. He didn't say repent. He said, have your... your, your uh, Circumcise our hearts. 
the message to the nation of Israel has been that from the beginning. And to get out of our own heads and minds about what we've, what we've been through and how we have suffered and we've been afflicted and got our asses kicked. But at no time do we come back and acknowledge we deserved what God had had the nations do to us. We deserved it. We deserve it. And all God is asking to do is damn. Look at what you've done and acknowledge you did, did wrong. Just confess you've done wrong. But we are that arrogant. We are that cold-hearted. To understand God's long-suffering, not even to understand it, but even to try and just just think about it. His long-suffering, his mercy, and his grace, he's already extended to the nation of Israel, to the Israelites, and we still keep rejecting him to accept religion, to accept entrepreneurship, to accept the American dream, we have to repent. We have to repent. So these classes are not personal or designed to just point out, as Christ said, I'm trying to point out the moat in your eye, and I got a beam in mine. A moat is like the tiniest of, 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 of splinter, like, like a dust particle. A beam is like talking talk to the, the, a house beam that holds up a whole house. Yeah, we've got something the size of a house beam stuck in our eye. And we try to tell somebody else about the dust particle in their eyes. As if we're right more righteous than thou. No, brothers and sisters. There's another scripture that tells us in Romans chapter two, verse twenty one that thou in Romans chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Thou that teaches another, teaches thou not thyself. I'm not going to speak for other teachers or for anybody, anybody else that, 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 that's in the scriptures, but it's kind of hard unless you just, unless a person is just really that cold or that much of a hypocrite. How can we go over these scriptures and trying to point out the wrongs of others? and we don't see the wrongs in ourselves. That that we will get a righteous indignation when we see the negative of other people, but there's just a failure 
to not recognize the same stuff within ourselves? If that's not the same thing that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing, I don't know what is. I personally don't know what is. Brother Gabar Kwa, sir, any closing um, summations, um, epiphanies, uh, 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 summary that you'd like to go ahead and, and, and... Well, I mean, actually, um, with with the with the scripture that we just went over, you know, um, I, I think I I believe it it goes it goes into uh, direct correlation with the with um, um, the fear and the fear and trembling to work out our own salvation with with fear and trembling meaning being able to self-examine self-examine to to be to 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 be able to see our our faults also um and this is this is this is about um teaching our people more than pointing the finger you know, I, I I think that's that's your your point that that you made is that we're we're not pointing the finger and saying that you know with the moat we're we're trying to clean out the the moat in in our people's in our people's eyes you know without self without self examining and seeing our our own selves you know the the acknowledgement of of what we what we need to do is 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 the first and foremost thing that we need to do which is to acknowledge we don't even acknowledge and in summarizing uh, the scriptures that we went over um we we don't we don't acknowledge that we're doing wrong we we boast about the wrong <laughs> that we do you know this is this because of the affliction that the other nations have put on us because of the poverty that we've been put you know put through it's the heavenly father's fault we don't we don't want to acknowledge that it's our punishment this is why we're going through what we're going through we don't want to acknowledge it we want to blame and you know going from the scriptures about um the Pharisees saying, can we get a sign, you know, in that understanding of <laughs> how wicked we truly are as a nation, you know, well, get me, you know, show me a sign, get me through this, get, you know, bless me with the house, bless me with, with, with whatever carnal fleshly desire. And that will be that, that will show me that I need to, now worship you and 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 humble myself you you got to do for me when he's been doing for us the mercy just in the mercy that he's had and giving us the time as you mentioned before uh, all the prophets 
in in the in the New Testament saying stating that the 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 time is at hand, you know, in which the understanding of that is this is your opportunity to acknowledge and repent. It doesn't. It, it's it's not about it, this is the time. he's coming back right now today. <laughs> this is your opportunity. The time is at hand. This is your opportunity because you 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 better seize the opportunity before it's too late. And we we don't get that understanding. We're we're so busy. We want we want the 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 salvation now. We want we want what we want right now, without even acknowledging that we've been so wicked and trespassed, so extremely sinful against the heavenly Father. In the summary of 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 these last four months, actually of what it is to obtain salvation, who it's for, um, when it's supposed to happen, and you know we we need to get it through through our through our heads that it's not going to come. No no one is saved. First of all, and especially as a nation, we're not we're not saved yet. No one is saved yet, and it's not going to come until we acknowledge. We, until we acknowledge the heavenly Father and 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 repent as a nation, but it 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 all it all starts with the working of our own salvation individually, instead you know individually repenting and being the examples and teaching our people to acknowledge and and repent sincerely as a nation. Essentially, you know how I like to end that with, you know, the Forrest Gump thing, but I'm not going to do that. Understood. Understood. Con, con, con. Brothers and sisters, the urgency that we teach with, the urgency that 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 we um, that we teach with is 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 meant to encourage us as Israelites. Uh, like it says, the time is short. The time is short. The, the, the day the day of our salvation is nearer than when we believed. It really is time for us to put off the works of darkness. We really have to get this together. That the time of grace is not about to start. The time of grace is running out. The time of mercy is running out. You, as well as me, we have a lot of work to do in showing repentance. There's a lot of humility we have, that we have not tapped in. 
that tapped into yet. Like like Paul told in Hebrews, uh, he said, "We have not resisted unto blood fighting against sin." So with that, I do do uh, want to thank everybody who did get a chance to tune in, whether you listen to the live stream uh, uh, of our of our podcast, or if you're catching the podcast on any one of our, our podcast uh, uh, platforms, whether it be uh, Apple iTunes Podcast, uh, whether it be iHeartRadio Podcast, whether it be Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, or if you're you're, you're going through the archives of, of the library um, of our audio library located at www.blogtalkradio.com. Right, go to the, the, the search box uh, on the website, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-E-A. Uh, and we have access to our library um, uh, for the, any of the podcasts we've done going all the way back to February 26, 2010. And we are at 62,000. Let me, I got it right here. One second, one second, y'all. And this is not for, for bragging rights or anything. This it, it, It's a figure that kind of caught me by surprise. We currently, of all-time listens, since we started, um, yeah, February 26, 2010, um, ISBHBK Bible Talk has acquired 62,917 listens of all the shows that we've done uh, for the past, what's this, 13 years? God. That's powerful. Um, and we're, we're going to continue. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to continue. We are at, what is this here? Um... And we have produced 1,168 episodes in that amount of time as well. 1,168 episodes as well, and we will continue. All right, we will continue. And we need your help uh, in continuing. Um, if you'd like to help us continue to, to, to keep Blogstar going, which we're gonna, by all means we're going to try and keep it going, um, your donations uh, to help us with the Blog Talk. Uh, uh, I have a Cash App account set up uh, at hashtag uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, on either Cash App or on Google Pocket, uh, Google Pay. I think they call it Google Wallet now, um, but it's the same thing. Uh, hashtag uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. Matter of fact, for Google Pay, it's uh, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575 at gmail.com. Um, you can access uh, the account like that. If you'd like to leave any donation from from the, the woman who gave two mites uh, to, to to help with the work to uh, whoever might have an abundance uh, to to help out, any and all help um, uh, would help us out right now, all right? So with that, I do want to thank my brother uh, for for joining. It's great to hear your voice again, um, reading as, as we do what we've been doing for. Shit, 30 years. So with that, uh, my name is Mashaba. 
My name is Gabar Kawa. And for ISBHPK Bible Talk, we would like to say shalom. Shalom. Yeah.